welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. Tony. That really sounded terrible, Manny. I don't know about you, but I think that cut off really bad. <laughs> for you or for me? Uh, for me, you cut off. So, sorry about that, folks, but we are recording remote today. E. You can hear Manny. Hopefully he doesn't cut off like that again, but <laughs> that sounded so bad. Trust me, you were actually cutting off too. Was I? Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't cut off for both of us on the recording. I'll let you know whose internet's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we start off with that, Manny? Why are, why are we remote today? Just had some concerns. A uh, few workers had were sick, so just in case while they get in the process of possibly getting tested, uh, I decided not to take the risk to go out and visit Tony in person just for his health and well-being. Absolutely, and I do appreciate that. You're welcome. So, yeah, this is all precautionary. Um, some people were sick at Manny's place of work, like he said, and we're just kind of making sure we're going to make sure we don't spread nothing that we don't want to spread. Definitely. Yeah. We only spread things we want to spread, basically, right? Like butter. Sure, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> How's your weekend, man? Well, it's been pretty good. Uh, we had a posada. Uh, for most people that don't know, posadas are like um, cat Mexican Catholic parties that we do for Christmas, like a few weeks before Christmas. You just have like a dinner party and stuff. Um, sometimes at churches, sometimes at people's houses. But my dad always does one for our workers every year uh, within like two or one week before Christmas uh, as like a meal for them, like a little party for them. Very cool. So that's your guys' like company Christmas party. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, he makes his uh, signature dish, which is birria. Uh, sometimes he'll make it. Sometimes we'll do goat. Uh, if not, we'll just do beef. Nice. Heck yeah. Almost makes me wish I was there too, but uh, yeah. If there was, if there was someone that ended up being sick, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we're just waiting to see what their results could possibly be if they're getting tested, and go from there. Okay. Yeah. Definitely want to stay safe. You know. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And then I don't know about you, because you're you're at home anyways. But I don't want to stay stay home from work for two weeks. Because <laughs> yeah, sure. I have been busy at work, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of crazy that uh, you know, I, I I was doing like three projects at once before, mm-hmm. and now I'm down to one. But it's just so bad that I'm more busy with this one than I was with three other projects. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, in case anybody never caught it before, I do basically like 3D coordination design for a construction company. So we basically build a model in 3D and then coordinate it to make sure um, other building trades aren't clashing with each other and whatnot. And then we produce blueprints for them to build it. And man, I don't know, dude, this one's just, I keep doing overtime, overtime basically every day. It sucks. I know. It it really sucks when I go to your house and you're not there. <laughs> one time, Manny. One time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, at least as far as my weekend went, I drove to Arizona. I know. Very, very random trip. But uh, um, so, you know, my other hobby that's been kind of uh, growing with me is the dog training, right? And you yeah, probably would have met training a dog. I thought you just pay somebody. No, no, I train them, or at yeah, least the basics. Man. At least the basics. <laughs> but uh, you would have met her today if you would have came to the house. But I ended up picking up another dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, this why one's, did uh, you pick up another dog? Actually, I want. I want to ask that. Why? Yes. Because I cannot exercise that dog enough on my own, my my Melmoir. Yeah. So you've seen Koro and his energy he gets, right? Oh, definitely, dude. He has a lot of energy. 
Okay. He actually has a shit ton more than you've seen. <laughs> so well, now that it's getting colder, he's able to like release that heat. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you know, I, I I do the basic training stuff myself, but I do take him to a professional to do the protection and bite work work. You know. Yeah. And I noticed that that's the only thing that kind of gets that dog winded, like actually tired, you know? Yeah. Good thing, because yes, he gets the, you know, expert, all this pent up energy he has. Semi bad thing is that I kind of want him to be very well conditioned. You know what I mean? No, definitely. And these dogs are so extreme. These Belgian melon walls are so extreme that I could be a marathon runner and jog with him a fucking marathon and I'm not going to get him tired. You know what I mean? Hey, man, so, you got a desk job now? That exercise can be good for you. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> you refuse? I refuse. I am not running like that. I will die. Right. But, uh, so our idea, our idea was that get another dog. They can play. They can kind of tire each other out. You know what I mean? And at the same time, I kind of get to test how far I've advanced as a beginning trainer you know what i mean Mm. so i got my dog as a puppy so i groomed him from a baby and just started all his training just from scratch very easy to do you know yeah uh this dog we picked up is already about the same age about eight almost nine months so she kind of already has like her own little stuff you know no training done the the previous owners really didn't train her at all Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a test for me to see if I can advance a dog that's already a little bit older. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we ended up picking up a giant schnauzer. The You know what the schnauzer is? The bearded dog? Yeah. So what made you go for the decision on that dog? Uh, well, I was thinking about getting another Malinois because obviously since I'm in that side of the world, you know, like I could find a ton of Malinois, you know? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to try my hands at a different breed that maybe just isn't the isn't isn't already so easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Given I use the word easy very loosely because the dogs are known for being hard headed, stubborn, and you know if you're not diligent on their training and whatnot, they're going to be a pain in the ass. You know? But the giant schnauzers are working dogs. Um, I think England uses them as police dogs. They're pretty well driven. And there's something kind of different that you don't see this gentlemanly looking dog going around doing bite work. Yeah. So I thought it'd be pretty cool if I found one. And I, my dad called me and said he happened to find one. Almost the same hey. age as my dog. Okay. So we drove to Arizona to buy it. <laughs> And, I mean, it was kind of a test for the Crown Vic since I haven't had it very long and never really took it on a long trip, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I had done, I had already done kind of the preventative stuff. I did my um, my serpentine belt. I, you know, did a fresh oil change, checked all my fluids and whatnot. And, boy, if that car didn't fucking test me. So, Friday, I had bite work training in Oceanside with with my mm-hmm. uh, Malinois. Yes. On the way home, it freaking died on me, dude. <laughs> yes, it it died on me going up uh going up that hill towards uh just before Temecula. Yeah. Coming from San Diego, there's like that police uh stop station or whatever. Yeah. So going up that hill, the car just dies, dude. So, you know, I throw on my emergency lights, I try to get over to the side. I throw it in a neutral and crank it because, you know, in my mind, I started thinking like, man, I did the oil change. Did I like forget to tighten up the nut? And it's just been leaking this whole time. And, I'll, you know, and I like seize the motor or something, you know, you, you know, your mind just kind of drifts to the worst possible scenario. <laughs> Definitely. But no, I threw it in neutral. It started right back up. I put it in a drive and it took off. No, nice, no issues. Nice. So. Given I was like at a quarter tank, I was planning to put gas after I got over the hill and I was going uphill. So I'm thinking with that car's mileage and its age, 
that's probably the original fuel pump. So maybe it just got hot and cut itself off, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I filled it up and decided to roll the dice and take it to Arizona. Okay. It did the job. No hiccups. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So I'm going to probably have a fuel pump, fuel filter, and, you know, little replacements in my future coming for that car. For sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah, that, dude, that was, my, that was my weekend for that. So I'm kind of uh, happy with, with the, even the gas mileage I got. <laughs> yeah. It took me a tank and a half to go there and back. And that's all the way in Glendale. So it's not like it, it's super close to the border. You know what I mean? So it didn't yeah, do too bad. bad. Dude. Yeah, it didn't do too bad. But uh, with that, Manny, why don't you roll us into our uh, first headline? Which, what never mind, I forget. I have the document, so I have the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I don't like remote already, Manny. It's making me do more work. Hey, you um, need the exercise. This ain't exercise, boy. <laughs> more work, right. more exercise. All right. Our first um, show note is story correction. So I do have to correct a story we did last week. And what that's you do this time? Well, that's regarding the story with the Camaro. I swore I'd read that it wasn't the brake pads, but the brake components themselves. It was the freaking brake pads. Pretty much what well, was my question most of the time, I guess. Yeah, which makes me feel like the decision that Chevy made was even dumber. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so for, for people listening, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, stop. Go listen to last week's episode and then come back to get the right information. Makes sense, right? I guess. <laughs> but yes, uh, so the new Camaros, the SS, the I believe it was the 1LE or, and ZL7 or something, right? Mm -hmm. They are banned in Washington and California due to the Brembo brake pad. And we were assuming it was the brake components themselves because why wouldn't they just change the brake pads or like do a recall for brake pads? It shouldn't be that much more expensive, you know? Yeah. Rather than losing out these sales, you know? But nope, to our surprise, it actually is the brake pads. And that's an even dumber decision, I feel, because the law that restricts them from being sold in California and Washington was written in 2015. So it's not like they were unaware of it, you know what I mean? I feel like something's bigger at, in planning, honestly, if they're trying to do this, something like this. I mean, what else could it really be? If it's, if it's already been a rule for five years and they're deciding that now they weren't going to follow it when previous models were compliant, other car companies are all compliant, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So that's, that's a bit weird. That's really weird. But they did say, basically, the statement from Chevy was that, oh, they're just going to have to wait until... Uh, that they hope people come back and buy it in 2022, mm -hmm. which is the worst business plan I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's our post-correction. Uh, apparently, Chevy is dumber than we thought, I guess, really. But uh, with that, let's, let's roll into headlines for this week. So, Manny, we have up on the board here, the Crunchyroll buyout is official. Oh, uh, yes. The Crunchyroll buyout is now official. It was going to be Sony Entertainment of Japan, but with this, uh, this is actually interesting. I have never knew that Funimation was actually owned by Sony, so Sony is the parent company for Funimation, and it was actually Funimation that bought Crunchyroll. So the it. company you don't like now owns yeah, Crunchyroll. pretty much. I still think Funimation is shit, honestly. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Yeah, so that means we'll... The Parts that you don't like of Funimation, are those able to be carried into Crunchy? Because it's that more about part, the company behavior in general, right? More of just the company behavior. And so if that company buys um, Crunchyroll, it's essentially going to adopt the same behavior probably. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll just let the people work still at it unless they actually merge. Who knows? It's going to be very interesting. So Funimation bought... This uh, Sony, uh, Sony and Funimation basically bought Crunchyroll and acquired their anime streaming service rights for $1.175 billion. And the rumor is that they bought it in cash. Oh, I mean, it's, it's very, very typical. It's not like we can't see that happening, you know? 
It's weird though, like in cash though. You expect yeah, that's what they trend. wanted. I'm surprised they were able to get that money in cash, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when you spend that much money in cash, the red flags are going everywhere with the IRS. Yeah. Well, let's look at positives here. The positive of them kind of merging together could be that you we no longer have to hunt around on who has it, whether Funimation has it or Country Roll has it. If they're gonna merge, maybe they can merge all of the rights and licenses they have so that we can finally kind of have one service that's going to serve for all available anime. Yeah, and that was what a previous attempt was with with the streaming servers called Verve that brought Funimation and Crunchyroll together to stream together all on one platform. And if you had already had a uh, subscription with through one account, you basically get a discount at the actual subscription for Verve. It fell through, maybe through licensing wars and bidding wars and stuff, or just agreements to stream what they want and what they don't want streamed to make it exclusive on their websites to not lose traffic. Who knows? Yeah, so, and I mean, that I remember seeing those advertisements really heavy for a while, and then just out of nowhere, oh, yeah. it kind of just stopped. And don't forget all the, the big displays and the booths they had for Verve at Anime Expo mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. But yeah, so this is Sony, uh, Sony, uh, Sony Entertainment of Japan's attempt to actually go toe to toe with Netflix, who has become a very powerful uh, buyer for anime licensing and rights for everything for streaming services, especially. Uh, Netflix has been getting so big with anime and everything; they have increased their arsenal every season. Uh, same with Funimation and Crunchyroll for each season on who gets the rights to stream uh, certain animes and everything. Okay. Uh, we still have yet to see if Amazon Prime will ever go back into anime because they did try to, but it just fell through and everything. So who knows how they're going to do Hulu? I mean, I don't use Hulu too much. I know you do. Um, yeah, Hulu, but I know they... Hulu is actually pretty decent. They got a, a fair collection on there. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think the biggest kind of competitor is probably going to be Netflix, especially because they keep kind of buying rights to anim- like Netflix exclusive anime production. Yes, definitely. So they're going to be a big competitor. I mean, so most of the times I've seen so far, too, when they buy enemies that have already been made, they just slap on the logo like a Netflix exclusive or a Netflix original. So it's not really too much of a difference, but yeah. But the but buying the rights is kind of what helped sustain and separate Funimation and Crunchyroll for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. That some of them had rights to these really big animes that the other one didn't. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then pretty much pretty much this is gonna be this is gonna be a big addition to Sony's portfolio for these streaming services. I mean you have seventy million free members and about three million paid subscribers. And in just twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen uh, the anime industry, especially with its growth overseas and everything, it just went over like 2.1 trillion yen, which is about 19 billion in total revenue. So this is going to be a big addition for Sony's uh, portfolio. And if anybody's more interested to know about this info, yeah, you can find it on. You can just look it up. Uh, where I'm looking it up is called Polygon. They have some really good articles every now and then when I get a chance to see them. Uh, but I'm interested to see how this is going to work out. Again, I really don't, I'm not really a big fan of Funimation, mainly because of how their behavior is, especially towards the fan at times. Uh, but that's pretty much it, honestly. I don't know if you have any questions or anything, Tony. No, I think that's it. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of time to see what the merge is going to be like. Are they going to merge to one app? Are they going to keep them separate? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, it sounds like there's going to be a, for sure, a, a difference in the platforms and how we watch them for for the future coming oh definitely i i do wish that they would actually keep it the same i would like to see it the same honestly i mean if they if it one company owns rights to all of the anime like that i'd rather them just condense it down to one app mm-hmm. no that's true that is true as well yeah make it crunch funny <laughs> <laughs> that's cool i'm a marketer manny what can i say all right. Um, next on show notes, you have AX updates. Oh yeah, yeah. So some really some really interesting news. I mean, in one of our previous episodes, we talked about Anime Expo, how tickets were going to be rolled over for next year, and if you did let it roll over, you would just roll over to twenty twenty one, 
Anime Expo is no longer going to be at the LA Convention Center. And so if you didn't, basically Anime Expo gave the option, respond to a certain daytime and you get your re refund. If you don't respond to, the, uh, to a deadline, they let you roll over your ticket. Now, Anime Expo has came up with an important registration update that they published, and they sent an email that Anime Expo is actually going to discontinue all their registration services that they had with Eventbrite. And because they want to prepare a transition to a new service provider, they never listed which service, service provider uh, that they're going to start working with and which one they're going to transition to. But because of this whole process, now uh, attendees that actually let their tickets roll over are going to be getting a full refund. So when this whole process comes out, they have to start fresh again and register again for next year. And didn't you let your ticket roll over? Was that you? Or? I, I let my ticket roll over. And now that I let, now that this is actually happening, I will actually be getting a, a refund actually. Okay. So that's a, that's a completely different uh, way that they originally intended, huh? Yes. Um, kind of, it's kind of weird. I'm not too sure what their reasoning is leaving Eventbrite and transitioning. They just never specified anything, especially in the email that they gave to everybody. Uh, we've seen, well, I've seen already cause I'm involved in the anime expo group pages. And lots of people are already posting screenshots these past few days that they've already got their refunds and everything. I'm still expecting an email to see if I'll get my refund. They said within these next few weeks, everybody will start be getting their refunds. So we'll have to see when I can get my refund. Who knows if I would want to register again? Maybe I'll just wait. Who knows? But this... This refund and this whole registration process not only affects the attendees, but also affects the premiere fans and the Artist Alley package as well. Okay, and kind of major there. It is major because in reality, the ones who got fucked up the most are actually the uh, the premiere fans. Because they only sell a limited, a limited amount of tickets for those, and they're $500. And so... It's going to be another race war, uh, like a time race, just to acquire that ticket again and the fight for it. Race war. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be a race towards who can get their premiere fan back again, or if someone can that didn't, that wasn't able to acquire in the beginning, is now going to get a second chance to get it again. So we'll have to see how this plays out, and. Pretty much, that's pretty much the update that we have for Anime Expo. All right, awesome. Well, for our next segment, Manny, um, don't leave your house or you're going to die. I mean, how do I get to work? I mean, you work there, so you live there <laughs> where you work. <laughs> but yes, not, anyways. Not really. I have a that's, commute. That's just a teaser into our anime review. Which I believe this is the last one of our uh, block session, right? Is it? I'm looking at the board here, and it. Oh, actually, no, we have one more. Yes, I'm sorry, we have one more. This is our second to last one of our first series here. Okay, okay. So yeah, so we we did our anime review this week for Brynhildr in the Darkness, also known as Goku Goku no Brynhildr. And this anime was uh, aired in April 6th of 2014 to June 29th of 2014. That's when it aired uh, with a running time of 13 episodes and finished. There's no sequel, so it actually gave us more of a leeway to actually enjoy watching it. And which is one of the reasons why it was approved by us to, uh, to review it. Yes, we don't want to review anything too, too long that's going to take us weeks to watch and then review it, because... No. <laughs> so, uh, a quick... You, well, saying... you want to do a quick uh, overview of the storyline? Yeah. So, most of the information I'm getting from my anime list, that's where I get a lot of info for any anime that I want to look up. Um, and they're pretty credible, in my opinion, honestly. But it's basically... 
high school student that finally meets his childhood friend that he thought died years ago, but she's actually just and and she's she just had like an amnesia, I would say, right? Yeah, well, I mean, for the most part, he wasn't really sure because she kind of straight up told him, like, I don't know you, we've never met. How did you feel when they first met again? Well, when he first met her again, and she just asked her, show me your armpits. Oh, I thought it was... <laughs> I mean, it was funny, but uh, they kind of put some light into a moment that was kind of like a serious thing, you know? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. And they do a good job throughout the anime on doing that. Kind of like they get to this serious point and situation, and then they just kind of pop the bubble really quick, you know? Definitely. So this story is about a a teenager in high school for Japan in Japan, and his name is Ryota uh, Murakami, and he basically he finds his childhood friend, and they have an adventure where there is a secret organization that created witches through scientific means, and it's either killed or be killed basically in this situation, and just saving the girls' lives because they have to live or through certain means basically i'm not trying to give too much info uh just not to spoil it for people that might be interested because honestly this was a really good anime that i enjoyed so much i think it actually might be my favorite that we've done so far really Uh, yeah yeah i think so definitely you'll see some really interesting parts uh with the supernatural powers how they're actually killed in certain moments and i was actually impressed by some of the gore and blood that actually was really impressed by it actually it wasn't too over excessive <laughs> it wasn't too over excessive but it was kind of balanced in my opinion yeah no they did a, a fair job of expressing the gore without showing too much i guess mm-hmm. but i got a question for you how did you yes. handle or how did you grapple with aliens in this one because i know that's like your pet peeve on any anime so there's a difference between when you had an anime that was building up so much and at the end it was just aliens. Like it just came out of nowhere at the very end. But when you have an anime that introduces aliens right from the beginning, I can live with it. Okay. I can live with All it. Right. I mean, it was very cliche still on my part. I still cringe at the fact that they have to bring in aliens into it. But since they already brought it in <laughs> at the very beginning and it was made, it was made known that's what made me is still able to enjoy it yeah every time they brought up aliens i wanted to text you a a picture of that meme of the guy with the crazy hair going aliens (laughs) (laughs) i mean at this point we could have just taken a shot challenge for every time they said aliens i'm down that's a that's a goal next one So again, this anime was created, uh, was actually produced in Studio Arms. We've actually mentioned Studio Arms a few times, um, but they've done some really great works over the years. Elf and Light, which is one of my all-time fave animes. I know you enjoyed that, Tony. Yep. Another good anime is Mama Yusha. Really good anime if you just more into economics and just more strategy and government and everything. It, it might be an anime for you, not for everybody. But it's really good, honestly, in my opinion. One of my favorite animes. Uh, they, it looks like they've done a, quite a lot of etchy animes. There was What was one of the etchy animes that we saw that we talked about? Do you remember? No. There was one, there was one anime that we talked about, but I'll, I'll try to see if I can remember it. There, that we talked about or was on the review? That was one of our reviews, honestly. And it's not Mysterious Girlfriend X? No, I don't think it was Mysterious Girlfriend X. But uh, it's it's kind of bugging me now that I can't remember what it was. Oh. (laughs) Oh, well. Move along. Yeah, so they've done some really great animes that we've seen so far. Again, Mama Yusha, Elf and Light. There's one that actually caught my interest when I was looking it up. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh, they have also done Queen's Blade, if everybody's interested. is also well-known in that one, too, with Healing Pose. But for the most part, oh, that's what we did. We actually talked about it because I think this is one of the studios that went out of business, possibly. 
That might have been where it came from. Yes, that probably is one of the where one of the topics was from one of our previous episodes, actually. But overall, this this studio has actually done some actually really noticeable works. Even even though they were mainly just just etchy animes, honestly. But we'll get that. We'll we'll try to get to that some other time, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to do all that right now. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, so some of their voice acting uh, cast members are actually really good, especially for Kuraha Neko, which was one of the main characters, uh, Risa Taneda. She's actually done some very notable works, and, and then, honestly, I actually recognize, recognized her voice instantly. She was uh, Erina from Shokugeki no Soma, also known as Food Wars, uh, Kaori Miyazono from Urine Lion April. I don't know if you were able to hear those resemblance in the voice. Yeah, I did. Not she was also Miyazono. Uh, not the Food Wars because I didn't. I don't really. I never really watched it that much, but I've seen your mm, okay. line enough to recognize it. Okay, she was also Mirai from uh, Beyond the Boundary, if you've seen that one as well. I've seen it, but I didn't put those two together. And this one actually caught my attention. She's a, She also did Rory from Gate. Really? Yeah, so that one actually caught my attention as well. And, and then for cool. our... Yeah. And then for our main other vo- oh, actually our other main voice actor, which I'm surprised they don't actually show up on this. That's interesting. Oh, there he is. Interesting. So it's actually a female of uh, Japanese female voice actor. I'm surprised she was able to get a voice that deep. Well, it wasn't that deep, but you know what I mean. And they're they're called actors for a reason, Manny. That is true. I mean, that's why Naruto's voice actor is also a female voice actor, which she does a very impressive job at voice acting. And I think with Luffy as well. There you go. Okay, but back to this then, basically. So, Studio Arms, and one uh, the main director for this anime was also Ibazumi Kenichi. He's also done some, done some very noticeable works. Uh, that was actually impressive because, like I said, this anime was very well done in my opinion. I actually enjoyed it, and to, super- to my surprise, he's done some very good anime series in, the, in his past as well. Charlotte, Doraemon, uh, Hinamoto, uh, Himoto Umuro-chan, Hunter Hunter, the older series. The uh, I think it was pretty much the '90s series, the original series. Yeah, and. There's another one that caught my interest, honestly. I'm trying to see where it was. I don't think it was that important, but yeah. That's right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, overall, I'm really impressed by this anime. Okay, well, what did you think about, let's get kind of like a tone to tone. So what did you think about the intro-outro music, the theme music of it? The beginning outro, or not the beginning outro, the beginning intro was honestly just terrible. It reminded me of like an <laughs> early. It reminded me of like an early two thousands American like suspense or like drama cartoon uh, anime or not anime uh, opening theme song. Honestly, I don't know if that's the kind of vibe you can get honestly from listening to it. Uh, you know what? What I heard is that they tried to get like an EDM influence because you kind of heard that kind of dubstepy uh, synthesizer in the background, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And I believe towards the beginning of the episodes, there was no vocals, right? And then towards the end or the later episodes, they started adding vocals. Like yes, it wasn't song. until episode 10 is when they introduced a different intro, which I thought was much better than the original and then the first 10 episodes. And I think that's the one they should have done throughout the whole series, honestly. Yeah, and the later one was more of like a, a rock feel, right? It was. But I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the beginning ones because I kind of liked that they didn't go for the standard cliche anime opening with the vocals I'm not going to pay attention to anyways. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I mean, like like I said, it just reminded me of like a early 2000s like drama or suspense cartoon, like an American cartoon where it was just, just that type of music, no lyrics or no singing or anything and just random pics of like the the animation and everything i think the fact that it didn't have lyrics is why i liked it it was a really? little bit different yeah 
Okay. I, I'd rather have none than have some like terrible or generic ones. Mm-hmm. So the I outro, actually. What's that? The outro was actually pretty good, honestly. Uh, wasn't too bad, but wasn't too where like it would like catch my attention like right off the bat, like some other outros, honestly. Or right. what did you think about the outro? I thought the outro was okay too. I actually didn't mind the music at all, and you know me, I don't skip that normally. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I was fine with it the whole way, actually. Okay. And then, how did you feel about how it ended? I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have Do you many know? questions, and it was kind of frustrating. <laughs> Do you know? Yes. So. I don't want to spoil it, but I'm pretty sure that they're all going to die later. That they're just not showing, right? I mean, do you remember the phone call he got at the very end? Yes, yes, I do. But that doesn't take away from what's actually inside of them. A piece of an alien. Yeah, and that they basically said it's going to hatch and eat them when it matures. Yes. So that doesn't take that away. All all it does is just l- give them time to let the egg hatch and kill them. So it'll forget the try not to give too much of a spoiler. But if you remember the scientist where he gave the fertilized egg to study, maybe he found a breakthrough to help him with that situation as well. Well, that is speculation and not shown. It is. It is. So I, I do agree with I that. I expect season two to be like very, very happy and then everybody dies. <laughs> well, that is true, honestly. I mean, who knows if we can get a second season on this? I mean, we only it only aired in 2014. This is about six years already since the last episode aired. So yeah. who knows if we'll ever get Probably a second season. Not. Probably not. I mean, it's it's long been already kind of fallen into obscurity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a shame, but it just sucks that it ended the way it did on such like a, such so many answered questions that never really got pinned together, you know? Definitely, definitely. Because beyond like, that, I have several is, other ones, but... My my biggest question is how she, how she actually survived the fall at the very beginning. The if you remember that, correct? When they were little kids, as childhood friends? Well, I mean, it, for all we know, she didn't, because she is just goo. How did she get involved in that whole situation to begin with, you know what I mean? I'm saying, like, when they were little kids and they fell off the... When they were crossing the pipes and everything, how did she survive? Like, did she just wash up down the river and they just picked her up and just experimented on her? Or did they actually catch her with the intention of using her? Who knows? Well... It, Again, not to spoil it too much, but if you take what happened with the antagonist and his person with the brain, more than likely it's something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And given the relationship between the antagonist and that other girl, then then there's that that's possibly how they got mixed in. But again, the anime and the storyline doesn't actually convey any information on the background of the origins, you know? Definitely. It just leaves a ton of open-ended questions. So, I mean, other than that, it was solid, it was great, it was a good anime, but it just left so, so many questions. So who would you say was your favorite character? Um, my favorite character for that anime would probably be the short-haired witch. The one that was, like, the computer, that had, like, the computer powers or whatever. Ah, the horny girl. (laughs) I mean, you 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 can't argue with that, of how horny she was in the whole entire anime. I think the conveying was a little bit more, um... Not as blunt as that, but it was just it was it was meant to be conveyed a little bit differently to show how she was feeling, you know, mm-hmm. that she was kind of masking other feelings. But yes, I guess in in the more broader brutish sense, yes, because <laughs> okay. everybody okay. else kind of lacked character, I guess. Yes, 
And that, you know, that that's always something that's always kind of bothered me about a lot of animes is that the main protagonist or heroine is usually some of the dullest characters that literally have no personalities almost. Which is in this case as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and that's really typical. So the characters that actually do have a little bit more humor, a little bit more any other personality at all that shows, then usually that ends up gravitating me towards being like the my favorite character for that series. Definitely, definitely. And I'd actually have to agree with you with that same character, Kazumi. I would that she was actually my very my favorite character as well. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed this series. I'm the, like I said, the only frustrating thing was all the open-ended questions. But it was mm-hmm. definitely a great, great recommendation. Definitely. If we can keep them on this level, I'll be happy to continue this segment. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, uh, Manny, uh, why don't you give us your scale to one to ten? One to ten, I would actually have to give it a eight and a half. Eight and a half. And to support Nine. Huh? And to support your eight and a half? If it probably would have went more towards a nine if it wasn't for that intro in the beginning. <laughs> that really bugged you that much, huh? It really did. It really did. Alright, alright. Well, I'm gonna have to go with an eight. And I mean, you know me, I'm kind of a stickler for story writing. Mm-hmm. And if you're leaving so much background out and so much like open ended questions, and then the way they ended it, you know, they could have ended it on a cliffhanger, kind of like, will it get a second season, season to answer these questions? And I would have been a little bit more okay with that than the ending of, hey, it's closed book, happy ending, but we're not answering any of the questions that you know somebody's thinking about that could be dire, you know? You got it? Definitely, definitely. Okay, sorry, I thought you cut off again. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> because of that, like I said, I'm a stickler for story writing. Uh, I, I want to give it an 8 mostly because I really enjoyed it, but I would have gave it a, maybe a 9 if, if it would have been written a little bit more complete. Definitely. But definitely really great. I was I was happy with it. So hopefully we get more recommendations like that. Hopefully our our last one is So what is it? So our last one is actually called number six, Manny. Number six. Okay, I think I have a remember which one that one is. Yeah, so, so um anybody who might you know, this might be somebody's first episode, but uh number our anime reviews we do every other week. So next week we'll not have one. The week after that we'll be reviewing number six. All right, Manny. But uh, with that, let's roll on to our next headline. Let's do it. All right. So you remember our story on BMW and they're offering subscription services for all of their car features. I wouldn't say they're offering it, but yes. Well, their plan is to do that. Yes. Okay, we have another manufacturer jumping on board with that. Really? Yep, the super high and prestigious quality of luxury Hyundai. <laughs> the hell? Yep. What do you mean prestigious and luxurious? Sarcasm, sarcasm, buddy. I know, I know, and I'm just trying to play along. <laughs> So they've been investing heavily in EV, just like the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. So they're introducing a new EV to their lineup. And okay. they're And the EV is the uh, Inix. I-O-N-I-Q, I guess. I'm not really sure how you pronounce that. I probably butchered it already, but that's getting offered to their lineup. And they're having the FOD, Features on Demand. Which is basically what we talked about months ago with uh, BMW, so that they're going to actually unlock the features based upon a subscription service. Basically, how much you will actually be willing to pay for those services or features, I mean. Yep. So it looks like uh, this is a 
this is spreading and you know like we did talk about it if one company seemed to have a little bit of success with it the other ones are going to probably try to file suit and it looks like um hyundai jumped in it also looks that uh mercedes is reportedly exploring the possibilities of doing it and volvo sure is has... trying to do it volvo that's interesting yes volvo's is a little bit interest more interesting because volvo is trying to do a subscription-based ownership of the car how so i'm assuming this is a broader sense of a lease i couldn't find any other details to this um just a small like snippet mention in an article here and there but mm-hmm. basically there it's almost like a lease but the ownership will cover the car payment the insurance and the maintenance and like a bunch of other features with the car all bundled into one monthly fee it's very interesting actually yeah it, it's it's very different I, I can't wait to find like an actual article that has a little bit more detail on what volvo is trying to do i'm actually see, very interested just with just because of if this is just going to be for more for like pedestrian cars or is volvo going to also introduce it into the trucking industry because volvo is actually is also on par with the trucking industry like with kenworth peterbilt frontliner and volvo is just heavy out there as well so I'm actually interested to see if maybe it will affect the trucking industry with their lineup as well. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I, I want to find an, a more detailed article about this, so I'll keep kind of digging and maybe do an update later on on, a, on another episode. Mm-hmm. But it, supposedly it's different from what like a leasing leasing the vehicle would be. No, definitely, definitely. So if it's something like that, maybe that means the the mileage cap isn't there anymore, you know? Okay. But anyways, back to um, Hyundai. They're going to also be incorporating their over-the-air updates. And they're hoping to get that out by 2021. 2020. Okay, that was going to be my question. If they had like a time frame of when they were going to possibly introduce it. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I guess they're planning to do level 3 autonomous driving by 2022 is their goal. That's their goal? Yeah, so they're the this uh the South Korean company is really pushing hard right now. Which are they you know, doing it alone or are they doing any like partnerships like how we're seeing with like Chevy and Honda? So there's no mention of other um of other partners like manu- like uh car manufacturer partners. Mm-hmm. But they did recently buy Boston Dynamics. Okay which is actually a robotics company that's interesting yeah it's kind of interesting the moves they're kind of making and it's kind of you know with all the changes kind of happening right now and you know country after country every it seems like every week we find out another country signed on to ban the sale of new internal combustion engine cars you know yes so they're probably it's kind of a rat race right now you know so Mm -hmm. Whatever company is going to get there first with good with a good and affordable EV is probably going to be one to really get a big leg up on everybody. So I'm sure tons of these manufacturers are scrambling to kind of push ahead of everybody else. Funny. So this okay. is something we'll keep an eye for, and um, it looks like I won't be buying a new car because I don't want to pay subscription for it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows if they if if they do basically kind of like a leasing thing with unlimited mileage, maybe I'd do something like that with Volvo and just drive the car to the ground. Okay. We'll see, but like I said, my for sure my next new car is probably going to be electric because I want autonomous driving. Just, just get the Jeep. No. <laughs> All right, Manny, I got one more kind of nerdy car one. Lay it on me. All right, so this is the FCC upended decades of research on connected vehicles. What do you mean by connected vehicles? So you, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this before. This is something that's been in the talks for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the vehicles kind of communicating with each other on the road. How would so, a ve- 
So with the talks of, you know, autonomous driving and all that stuff, there's been talks for, you know, a couple of years now about actually getting a full frequency, like a radio band for short range communication between vehicles. So basically what that would do is like, if you're on the road and other cars are around you that have that same communication going on, if you brake hard or, you know, you start braking or throw your blinker on, it can communicate to the other vehicle, hey, this guy's braking really hard. We better brake too. It helps to okay. avoid accidents and safety, things like that. Or as you well just tell as the other driver to learn how to drive better. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you drive like my grandma. <laughs> but so it, it's kind of a, a major thing that's it's things that been put off for a really, really long time. So I won't get too far into like the nerdy, nerdy stuff of the of the radio band and all the um, acronyms for all the technical words and everything like that. Um, all, all, all we know right now is that in 2017, um, the NHTSA and DOT proposed making vehicle vehicle um, communication a requirement for all new cars. Okay. But that was when the Trump administration was coming in, and they never finalized on the rule. Personally, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't, I don't really want to have all that extra technology tracking and saying, hey, this guy speeds a lot. <laughs> I ain't just saying conspiracy theories. Well, it's, it's more like if this data isn't fully protected, who's to say that your insurance company can't get it and says, hey, you speed a fuck ton. We're not going to insure you, bro. That is very true, actually. Right? So that's, that's not very far off from what's possible with that technology. Definitely. I don't know the specifics on, you know, any privacy of this information or data or if the vehicles, how much storage it actually saves in memory, you know. But the way it's presented is that it's presented more to eliminate some human errors to avoid accidents. Whether it's slamming on the brakes, it could warn if there's a pedestrian like crossing the street on a busy street. Or it could even, like, somehow, I guess, it communicates with the lights as well, like the traffic lights. Mm -hmm. So it could actually um, avoid accidentally running red lights as well. Okay. So it looks like there's going to be a huge investment into this. And apparently, uh, there's already been talks that uh, Cadillac is already has this technology in their 2017 and newer cars. Toyota is planning that. to put it in their cars. Uh, Ford has promised to start introducing them into the China market cars. So that's kind of odd that they're not just incorporating them on all. So I wonder what, you know, if there's a story behind there as well, you know? China just wants more control over people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if they did that with my, if I got a car and they did that, the only thing they're going to track is how much hot Cheetos I bought. <laughs> probably by that point they'll probably just deliver it to you I'd be impressed if they did that actually <laughs> but yeah this is super super interesting and this is kind of a, another one of those things that's starting right now and is going to end up dramatically changing how we actually even drive on the roads shoot and how much we're actually allowed to drive on the road <laughs> That is true as well. So th that's an interesting one that's coming up. And uh, obviously, again, it's something I'll try to keep on keep on following if there's any significant updates to it. You know what I mean? I'm actually very interested to see what updates we can see for Volvo. Oh, <laughs> with that subscription? Yeah, the Volvo with how you said, like, the whole le the mix of the lease and the, the subscription as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep digging around for that and see if I can kind of find a more detailed article on it because it does pique some interest that they're going to have like an all-in-one bundle there, you know? It really does. But yeah, those are, those, are, those are headlines right there. Definitely. All right, Manny. Well, 
let's get into a little bit of personal updates. What you got on the build going? I mean, pretty much I'm already looking to possibly just get the truck painted, honestly. I'm not too worried about, like, I want, like, glorious paint job. Like, oh, I want it show quality. I just want it to look nice, honestly. Yeah. Because uh, the, the, the current paint job is just just shitty, honestly. I think, what, what is it, just primer, I'm guessing? Yeah, it looks like just primer, dude. Yeah, and it's, it's just painted over the original paint. So my plan is just to get to a shop that I found. Uh, from what I've seen in the reviews, they've done so many... Uh, I think I only saw one negative review, and that's it, over like a span of 500 reviews. So That's a pretty decent ratio. Yeah, so I'm going to check them out and see what they'll quote me, because I think I'm ready to get it painted. That's awesome, dude. See if they'll do a, a bundle and paint the hood of the El Camino, too. That is true. I didn't think about that. I'll have to see what they tell me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because I have seen a lot of the reviews. A lot of people took their classic cars there, so... I'm interested to see what, what they can do. Okay, yeah, see if they can paint match it, right? Yeah. That would be ideal. It would be. If not, at least just give it a, a good uh, actual paint and clear coat over it of black yes. or whatever, you know? Like a black gloss, honestly. Yeah, yeah, before the sun starts slowly kind of uh, wearing it out or anything. Yeah, I mean, I park in the shade most of the time and it's covered, so it, it's 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 good. Okay, for sure, for sure. All right, that's pretty much what I have. I spent my money on another dog, so that was kind of the money for the fox body again. (laughs) Oh, no. Poor fox body on jack stands. It's not on jack stands. I drive it every week. Right. God damn it. No, no, no. I mean, if anything, it's it's going to be my little street cruiser for now until until I kind of jump back on it. But, you know, I, I guess uh, I have more than one hobby now, so it kind of sucks kind of pulling one fun, fun money from one side to another side, you know? Mm-hmm. But for this opportunity, I kind of couldn't pass it up, so kind of had to. Okay. Okay. But uh, I am... I am for sure, for sure, still have something kind of parted off to the side to make sure I'm able to attend at least the NASA events coming up. Nice, nice. Which we actually should start getting you prepped for, actually. Yeah. Whether whether we need to order you, you know, some new brakes, tires, and whatnot, and kind of get you situated so you're ready for March. Definitely, definitely. Because we got to get you out there, man. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, also, I did hear that Auto Club Speedway is not going to be torn down this year. Really? Well, yep. this year is almost over, so well, what do you mean? I'm sorry, I mean in, in 2021. Okay. So it seems that uh, it's going to be delayed, and they're going to have at least one more year with the track. Unfortunately, okay. Okay. NASA has already removed them from their schedule. But I'm pretty sure SCCA and Speed Ventures, and I'm pretty sure maybe one or two other um, organizers are probably going to hold some events there. That's going to be dope, honestly. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, the, the news of it getting torn down came so sudden. Maybe I should have had this as a headline topic, too, huh? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> hindsight, hindsight. Upgrades, people. Upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, the news came so sudden that it was going to get torn down. We only had a few months to go, oh, crap, let's go do an event and, and race it before it's gone, you know? Yeah. Now we have ample time. We know it's getting torn down. No excuses. We have to go get in one last race over there. Maybe two. Yeah. So okay. Definitely now I don't feel as bad for spending my <laughs> spending the money I was going to take the go racing with for that one. Mm-hmm. And there's redemption to go hit Auto Club Speedway one more time before it disappears. Nice. So that that's gonna be definitely a day that we gotta make sure we come out, take our final pictures, and kind of say goodbye. Cause I really don't think there's gonna be a road course there anymore. It's probably gonna be just auto um, autocross there now. Okay. So the local track is no more. Let's just see what happens, honestly. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll just see what happens, man. But uh, with that, Manny, that will be our episode. Why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, so you can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and Twitch at Unaccepted Pod. And we do have a website at unacceptedpod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast or watching it on Twitch. Subscribe or to follow, whatever. And uh, if you want to send us a question in Unaccepted Rev, you can send us an email to unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Bye-bye.